comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey, joined as usual by... Pierce. Hey, guys. And this week, we want to talk about something very fun that we haven't talked about before, because Pierce just recently got back from PAX East. So we're going to be talking conventions, comic book conventions, video game conventions, pop culture conventions in general. So what was your experience at PAX? Did you have a good time? It was was definitely an experience. Let me give the backstory of of how it kind of happened first. Uh, Sure, well, well, even before that... PAX is the Penny Arcade yes. Expo. Penny Arcade is a video game-centric webcomic normally. Yeah, nerd, nerd, dumb in general, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they started a convention, and it's gotten much bigger than... Yeah, so basically, <laughs> basically they, the comic grew, they started a convention over in Seattle, where they're from, and I actually almost had an opportunity to go to the original when I was living over in Seattle, did not get that opportunity, and then it was such a big deal, people were like, East Coast, East Coast, East Coast, and then they opened PAX East. And that's been going for quite a while now. So, reason I got to go was actually, as a shout-out we haven't done in a while, Chaney. Uh, that's he, true. Yeah. Chaney couldn't go, like, a couple days beforehand. So, I had the almost existential crisis of, do I go? Do I not go? Why wouldn't I go? Had to figure that all out. So, day before I left, I figured out, yes, I was going to go. Um, some help from, from Cheney, so thank you very much for that. And, uh, it was interesting. It was very interesting, and I'll get more into that, but you were saying that you had an opportunity to go to convention. What convention was that? I went to New York Comic Con in 2011, I believe. It was either 11 or 12. I'm pretty sure 11, though. Okay. Um, it was the, the, at the time, Legion of Dudes, now Long Box of Doom, but the, those guys were heading out there, and since I'm one of them, they invited me to go along. I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure, and then I eventually did actually crashed on uh, Russ and Glenn's uh, hotel room floor, which actually worked out pretty well, because I, I was pretty much dead broke. I bought one thing the entire time I was there, which was a Comic-Con exclusive lock and key issue. Not the issue wasn't exclusive, but the cover, cover was, was, was yeah. exclusive, and I had a Great time. I mean, especially because I was broke, so I wasn't really spending time like looking through old comics or stuff yeah. like that. It it was mostly, you know, I'll eat a street vendor hot dog to keep yep. myself alive. And I think I bought Russ and Glenn dinner once because uh, I, I had a little bit of money, but not not a ton. Um, basically enough to get myself there and back on the train, a uh, couple taxi rat rides because we were a few miles away from the convention center, and a couple hot dogs and that yeah. one issue. But so pretty much broke the rest of the time. And it was a lot of fun. I got to see the Lock and Key pilot, which has only been screened like yeah. three times to my knowledge. And and I have tried digging through the bowels of the internet trying it to find it. It has not made its way to no, the internet, which is amazing. Not. All that's been found out there is a trailer, which is good. Um, but yeah, that episode was amazing. I got to meet Robert Kirkman briefly. I got to shout something to Blair Herder and Blair... Um, the other Blair from G4, and they responded back when they were in a signing. <laughs> um, it was a funny little moment for me, anyway. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I, I haven't gone back, mostly because every time it comes around, I've been either busy or broke, or both, yeah. usually both. But yeah, for, for a one-time thing, and it was very busy and packed as well. I mean, I got to see yeah, Avengers what did you, footage early. That's and, true. 
Yeah. You know, but I I would do it again, but I don't know that it'll be anytime soon. Like maybe like if the opportunity and the and the money are there, possibly it was certainly fun to get to meet the other guys from the Legion of Dudes, or at least the, most of them, um, Ken wasn't there. But it was definitely fun to meet them, the, the first and only time I've met them. Got to hang out and have a lot of fun that way, and, and record a live episode together yeah. in a room, which is something we've only done that one time, at least at least with me there. That was, for me, the best part of it. Okay. So what, what did you think of the environment, kind of the con culture? Because that is a... I don't want to say it's a stereotype culture, but it kind of is to an extent. Smelly nerds, you mean? Smelly nerds. <laughs> uh, you know what? Honestly, I, and there was a ton of people. It was like, I want to say like 120, 150,000 people at the Javits Center. Yeah. Um, something like that. It was certainly packed. There were a certain lot of people. I did not really run into the excessive BO problem that you hear about. Um, and it was pretty hot outside because um, standing in line was, was killer for the for the first day it, i didn't run into that problem certainly getting around could be kind of annoying at some points yeah. um, waiting in line for certain things took a long time but generally you got in if you got there early enough but i didn't run into any jerks or anything like that most of the people seemed pretty nice you know lots of people in cool costumes yeah. um, other podcasters ran into certainly there was your share of uber nerds if you will but again, none that were like super jerky about it. Okay. Some that were awkward about it. But you just didn't hang around with them too much. It, it was it was fine. Like I said, the best part was hanging out with the other podcasters, both from LOD and a couple other people I met up with um, from like Talking yeah. Dead podcast and stuff. Um, all really nice people. And some a couple of listeners I met Renee who who listens to LOD and uh, real nice guy. Renee. But the, the, everything else was fun too. Okay, it was just a lot of it. It was a very very long process. Worthwhile, I think, but just exhausting. Yeah, I can definitely agree to that. So what was your experience at PAX, conversely? So PAX is mostly gaming and electronics. That's really the, the focus of it. i got to say, the way the Boston Convention Center is set up, you go in kind of the main entrance there, and then you kind of take an escalator down to the main floor. And that was just a really cool experience. Just the first looking over the sea of everything... And just kind of on your way down, you're like, oh, there's a giant monster over there, and there's huge swarm people over there. Like, it was really cool just to kind of hit the floor like that. Overall, I don't, I see, I don't know. Like, I, amazing experience. Really glad I got to, to do it. But it was a lot of lines, you know, where it was like, so Oculus was there, the thing that just got taken over by Facebook is getting some criticism. Like, whoa, that's there. It was like a two hour line for that. I was like, Okay, I'm, I'm going to go check something else out. Oh, Evolve was there, which is this really cool game they're, they're putting out. I don't it's like the guys it. who made um, Left 4 Dead. Yeah, where it's yeah, it's 4v1, and they had, the, they had a giant-to-scale monster that was, like, drooling there. It was really neat. Um, that was, like, a two-hour wait. I was like, okay, well, the Borderlands pre-sequel was right next to it. I was like, I'm going to check that out. Two-hour wait for that. You know, so it was one of those things where there was so much cool stuff, but... Because there were so many people there, you really didn't get to experience it unless you took a large portion of your time to wait for that one. But there was also only so many cool things there because there were so many people there. Well, I mean, that's the other thing. Um, You're just not a very patient person. No, I am not. And I don't say that to poke fun at you. You're just not. No, I'm I'm not. I don't mind waiting in a line if there's something I want to see or do. And and, uh, there were a couple of those things, but I did them mainly for... 
I guess you would almost call them second string things. So, like, the people that made Bastion, their new game, I forget what it's called, was there. I don't know off the top of my head, but Bastion's a beautiful game with a beautiful soundtrack. I, I love Bastion and their sequels, cyberpunk style. Uh, a little bit Mass Effect in that you kind of choose commands and things happen. So that was that was worth waiting for. Uh, my kind of... So more of an XCOM or more of a Mass Effect? In between. There's not a lot of space in between there. Like the original XCOM and... Well, it's just yourself. Oh, okay. It's not squad. Interesting. So it's then maybe more like a KOTOR? By yeah. yourself? Like a solo KOTOR? Yeah, that might... Yeah. It, Knights of the Old Republic. The I didn't, I didn't get much players, chance to experience it. Okay. Um, another game that I'm really excited for when it comes out on Steam, Planetary Annihilation where it takes the RTS thing and just expands it, where, like, you can take over the moon that's orbiting the planet and turn that into a missile to blow up the planet that you're on, and so is your enemy, so you kind of switch bases, but then they turn their planet into a missile defense system to counter your moon. It, like, takes RTSs to a whole other level. It's really hmm. cool. Or the, my kind of takeaway, you know, because you got to get something for yourself, right? One, one item. Mine was a Psychonauts poster signed... By Tim Schafer. I got to meet him. Very unfortunately, he has a dead fish handshake. That was disappointing. <laughs> I'm like... I'm not entirely surprised by that, honestly. Yeah, he was a nice enough guy. Uh, you know, chatted for, you know, the 30 seconds that they give you and whatnot. But, yeah, so that was kind of my takeaway. One of my favorite games signed by, you know, uh, the guy who made it was really neat. So it was more the second string things. Like, the big attractions were, like, Evolve, Borderlands... Uh, the League of Legends riot, their booth was huge and packed constantly, uh, mostly because they were handing out free skins and, and whatnot for characters, and so that's why everyone would swarm those. But it was an experience. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure if I would do it again, though. Did you run into the BO problem? Did you run into a lot of jerk people? Ran or? into the BO problem for sure. So I wonder if that's more of a um, gamer thing than a comic book fan I thing. I wonder, or? yeah. Ran into some really awkward cosplays. Also, because you figure most comic book fans are older and probably have their acts together when it comes to hygiene. That's, I hope, I yeah. mean, and yes, I know game, gamers skew older, but gamers who go to conventions, maybe not as much. I agree with that. It was mostly, I would say, capped at like 35. That was the vast majority of people, I would but say. But even at 35, I know most 35-year-olds have Hopefully their hygiene act together. would have their stuff together. But I did run in that problem, ran into, you know, the regular convention, $6 for a slice of pizza problem. That was definitely true inside the Javits Center. I, I yeah. went outside to the hot dog carts and spent like $2. Unf- yeah, unfortunately, there was nothing like that anywhere near the Boston one. Uh, so there was Just nowhere jump to... into the bay and grab a fish or something. Yeah, even that was far away. You're like, <laughs> oh, this is so... I don't want to jump over there. So they had the negatives, but, you know, I think there was there was obviously a lot of good... The less populated area was actually the back half, which was the board game section, which was kind of cool. Tons of people doing demos of games, uh, you know, people just trying to push their games. It was it was nice to see that, and people that were really believed in their game really trying to sell it and push it, which was nice. They did a lot of war gaming, you know, so I mentioned War Machine a lot before. They had War Machine, tons of tables going, tons of magic tables going, all sorts of stuff. So that was the main floor. If you went upstairs and in the, the hallways, they had a lot of stuff going on there. Like they had free play where you can rent 
like any video game, mostly it's video games that are multiple players and just play them. So you have a lot of people playing the new Mario, people playing Street Fighter, a lot of different games like that. So we were exhausted after walking around all day, so we just kind of chilled, played Street Fighter for a couple hours. That was cool. They had, you know, the sumo beanbag chairs? Vaguely, yes. Yeah. I mean, I know so what they look like. They had one hall that was just covered in sumo beanbag chairs, pretty much just for 3DS playing. But it was just a sea of people either asleep or playing 3DS on, on these beanbag chairs, and and oh, as the germs, I just think yeah, well, oh, there's, the there's probably that, especially with the bo problem. Yeah. Just, as as the weekend went along, though, one of the things I, I picked up more on, and one of the reasons I would consider going back, is PAX, you like comfy beanbag chairs. I love comfy beanbag chairs. No, I developed uh, carpal tunnel. Yes. <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> the longer you take to get the sentence out, the more ad-libs I'm going to throw in. <laughs> the more I realize there are underground things going on at PAX. So like, like cockfighting? Or? Cockfighting, yes. You figured it out. Uh, people walking around with chickens, the people walking around with dead chickens. I was like, what's going on with that? No, I saw people with scarves. And as the... Scarves or scarves? Scarves. scarves. Giant green scarves. Like a Doctor Who type? <laughs> a smaller, but they were more or less just... Pieces of wool, green, bright green neon wool that people were wearing. Was it cold? No, no, it was not. And that probably me... explains the BO problem. Yes, it does. Can I finish my story now, please? Thank you. <laughs> if you'd like to. They, I noticed more and more of them were getting patches. There was like an underground Pokemon League going on, and you can get, yeah, it was... My face is scrunched up in a disapproving, confused... Ugh. What? Like, everyone at PAX had a 3DS. Like, people were getting hundreds and hundreds of the street passes, which is a thing that uh, I don't I, do. I know what street passing is. I don't do it on my 3DS, because I'm like, this is a waste. Why not play the games that I actually want to play? And not these stupid, horrible little mini-games that they make people play that are rock, paper, scissors. I did not spend this much money on a thing to play rock, paper, scissors. This is stupid. Yet you want to play Pokemon, which is rock, paper, scissors. But with adorable <laughs> animals. Adorable animals. So, there was that whole bit. And so I'm sure there was more underground stuff going on like that. One of the, one of the weird things is they were, uh, so they were handing out swag bags, right? Which is kind of like... still going back to the fact that I guessed cockfighting and I was basically right because Pokemon. I was about to say, yeah, no, it really is adorable <laughs> cockfighting. Uh, that took a different image in my head. Um, so they hand out swag bags, right? That are usually nothing major. Like, they'll have, like, a cheap magic deck in there. Maybe some posters and postcards promoting things. Exactly. Coupons, stuff like that. Nothing fancy. Well, this year... A scone or two. A scone. Well, actually, this year they had oatmeal. And it was called... Hopefully, like, a packet that had not been made yet. It was, yes. Exactly. (laughs) And it was called... A bowl of oatmeal. And here's the thing. It gets gets weirder. It was called pone meal. Right? Uh, Oatmeal for gamers. Um, and did it have caffeine in it? No. No, okay. it didn't. Just just listen, because it takes a turn here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I love oatmeal. And I just was taking people's pone meal, because people were like, well, this is stupid. I'm like, yeah. And so Sunday morning, I'm like, I'm going to eat me some oatmeal for breakfast. This is going to be delicious. And so I go, and I open the oatmeal packet, and what do I find? Not oatmeal. It was Cards Against Humanity cards disguised as oatmeal. With some oatmeal in there, so there was oatmeal covering your cards. <laughs> but, yeah, it was really weird. I'm like, oh, I wanted breakfast, but now I get these exclusive things. So some oatmeal, but not enough to eat? Exactly. And the, it was just a... Seems to me you could have put, like, a full amount of oatmeal and still have a card or And two still have the cards, yeah, no. Now, were they all the same cards, or were they random cards? No, so it was, there's, it came in three different 
packs, and it wasn't based on flavor either. So you could get two different flavors and have the same or whatever, but it was three different sets, all totaling a same number because they had like the, the number one the one of 27 or whatever. And so, you, ha- you know, you try to coordinate and get them all. But yeah, so I did not enjoy breakfast that morning. I instead was stuck with Cards Against Humanity cards. I, I mean, that's a good thing. I was about to say, it was the weirdest excitement disappointment that I had ever really gotten there. Where I was like, I'm hungry still, but cool things. Yeah. So, it was interesting. I don't hate oatmeal, but I think I'd rather have the Cards Against Humanity cards. I, yeah, that's true. It was just a whole weird thing. But, uh, yeah, so overall it was it was fun. And the more fun was actually in Boston itself. So, like, one night we just toured the, you know, the microbreweries. The next night we were supposed to go to a party, you know, PAX has parties. But everyone was going to that party and it was like an hour or two hour wait. And we were like, nope. And so they went to a bar and then I just started wandering around and got lost in Boston. And I got lost in Chinatown. And then I watched some old uh, Asian dudes playing a game in the park on a bench. So that was interesting. Um, Do you want to go into more details of, like, some, like, what kind of game were they playing? It was cards. They just were playing cards. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, there were, it was, you know those, like, images you get in movies of, like, old, you know, guys. Old men playing chess in the park. No, more like old guys in a basement and there's smoke and they're all, like, you know, yelling at each other. It was more like that, but in a park at midnight with old Asian dudes. Yeah. So I watched that for a while. That was interesting. Now, you haven't mentioned any um, panels. Did you go to any panels? Or? I actually didn't, no. Um, Not even the Rooster Teeth panel? They, they premiered Ruby footage there. I heard about that. I, initially, I looked at, and this is one of the reasons you know I'm talking about would I go back or not. I looked at all the panels because they actually had an app and guidebook, or I should say a thing in guidebook, which is an app, and you can download it. And there were tournaments. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Street Fighter tournament. I'm going to go to this panel. I'm going to do all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm I'm just going to walk around the floor. There was so much on the show floor that I wanted to experience there. To go to a panel, I would have been missing out on, on something somehow, somewhere going on. Well, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but also... If you're not going to the panels, you're also missing out on the panels. That's true. So I guess you just kind of weigh which one's more important. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, at New York Comic Con, I went to the Avengers panel, which is fantastic. The Spider-Man panel. Um, the Venture Brothers panel, which is which was just amazing. And I think I think at NYC Comic Con, I would probably go to more. It's what somebody sees there. New York City Comic Con. No, it's New York Comic Con. It's just New York Comic Con. Yeah, it's just, okay. just NYCC. If it was a Comic Con or a major con like that... I would probably go to more if they had more potential release stuff. I'd go to that, but all the potential release stuff was on the floor already. Now, how many people would you say were at PAX? Four or five thousand. Oh, it's that small. I, there could very well have been more, but it's not huge by any means. No. Why don't you so. look up on your phone how many people were there? I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately curious. <laughs> So we've done some Googling, and we cannot seem to find how many people attended. But Yeah, I, I asked my friend who I went with, and that's what I'm still trying to... Okay. If he says, then I'll, I'll know. But, okay, if it is only, like, under 10 grand, that's way less people than I would assume. I thought this thing was huge. It is, and it isn't at the same time. I think it, it has a big name, but I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what to say that, then. 
Because, I mean, it seemed packed and it seemed very popular and whatnot, but I don't know. If you did go back, what would you want to do that you didn't get a chance to this year? I guess, I mean, obviously not a specific, like, I didn't get to play this game, I'd like to play this game next time, but is there, like, a type of thing that you didn't do that you'd want to definitely I would, do? I would, say, I would say a tournament or two, be it War Machine, be it Street Fighter, something, and would have known ahead of time to look at the guidebook and... I would plan it out, really, and say, all right, I'm definitely going to do this tournament. I'm going to bring stuff. I'm going to prepare for it. Something like that. And at least wait in line for one of those games. You know, I was running around all the show floors looking at all the different things. At least wait in one of those long lines. So, yeah, that's really what I would do. How would you, what would you do differently? Not necessarily PAX, but any convention. Honestly, there isn't a whole lot I would do differently for... Uh, assuming it was NYCC, because I'm sure each con is a little bit different. Exactly, yeah. I didn't go to preview night. I wasn't actually in New York. I was still in Jersey for preview night. I might have gone down early for that. I forget why I didn't. I think I had a class or something that night or something. But I would have done that, um, if anything, just because, at least this is how they did it that year, media, which I was there as press, yeah. was able oh, to pick up Oh, you counted their, as press? Mm-hmm, oh, that's cool. I was there as, with the podcast. Yeah. They were able to to get their stuff authenticated that day and not have to wait in line with mm. the masses on the Wednesday. Masses. Or Thursday, I guess. Well, I, I, I'm not putting them down, but when I say masses, I mean two, waiting two hours in line Multiple with hundreds thousand, of other yeah. people behind or in front of, I think behind, a, a guy dressed up as... Uh, Boba Fett chicken from Family Guy. Okay. Like, full-size costume. Which, by the way, did I mention it was hot? Because I could not imagine being in that... I mean, he had the the hat off for uh, most of the the line because of the... um, Were there a lot of people in costume at PAX? I was was going to say... A lot of video game and anime Before I mention the the costumes, let me say, more kilts than I've (laughs) ever seen. And not, not just kilts, my friend. Cargo kilts. Yeah, utilikilts. Utilikilts. Cargo kilts. Because why not? And plume hats. Because why now, not? Now define a plume hat. A hat with a large plume on it. Define plume. Large it's the way you feather. Mean large feather. So are we talking like a Robin Hood type? Like a like a Disney's Fox and the Hound Robin Hood? I know it's not actually Fox and the Hound, but the character yes. looks the same, so that's what I think of. Yes, if it was on steroids. Okay. So we're talking like two foot long. Is this a reference to something, or to some character in an anime dress like No, this? no, this was just people that would have large plumes on their hats, and I don't know why. Mass psychogenic illness? I guess. That is near <laughs> as I could tell. Also because there were, a lot of them were also wearing the kilt. So that was a weird overlap. Oh, Venn diagram thing, whatever. Okay, so as far as costumes go, a lot. The vast majority of cosplayers were League of Legends characters. And I did hear a lot about that from the Rooster Teeth podcast. They were talking yeah. about how they saw some really cool ones. And they have, like, a costume contest, right? They do, And they do yeah. it at uh, Comic-Con as well. Yeah. And so that was a big deal. The, it was a disproportionate amount of one of the new characters named Jinx, who's basically your tank girl character. You know, fishnets, crazy hair, eccentric, likes to blow stuff up character. Steampunky. Yeah, post-apocalyptic. Yeah. So there was a lot of her disproportionate amount, but most of the the cosplay was some was a uh, league, some furries. One was a female anime character furry that was a dude on the inside. I was like, oh, oh okay. And one. So was it crossplay or was 
So it was from Digimon. Okay. Did you do you know the seasons at all? Mm. There was a third season where it was like a yellow fox character. Okay. Um, you might have seen pictures of the character online, and so she's just she's an upright fox who's yellow, and I saw that person walking around. I was like, okay. And later I saw that person with the hat off, and it was a dude. I was like, oh. But was it a male version of the costume, or was it... it, You can't really have a male version of the costume, is what I'm saying. You could just have the character. Like, the character doesn't have really of curves. It's just a fox that stands on two legs. Like, there isn't really a distinguishable... It doesn't wear clothes. Didn't I hear something about there being a furry convention down the road or on a different floor of the convention center or something that weekend? Not that I was... Aware of just because that's the only thing that convention center can hold. There's one guy walking around a furry costume, claiming that he was supposed to be the dog from Call of Duty. I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, well, okay, sure, I guess. That's funny, at least if he, if he was legitimate, <laughs> you know, about it. Yeah, it was just like, all right, whatever. Yeah, I mean, at Comic Con there was a lot of comic book characters. Yeah, uh, a lot of anime stuff because there was also an anime anime convention on a different floor. Interesting. Which I never ventured up to because I don't care. Was it a separate convention or just like an extension? It was a separate convention. I want to say that they have since merged to some extent. It would make sense. Or they are now on a different weekend. But they was definitely there at the same exact time on a different floor. So a lot of anime characters, a lot of comic book characters, a lot of like Venture Brothers characters. You had like yeah. uh, Batman Hank and stuff like that. Uh, there was a really cool... Was it, Bumble- it was a Bumblebee costume from Transformers... But it was the guy was on like small stilts, and it was lit up, and okay. it was the, the the Michael Bay version of Bumblebee. But it was a really cool um, costume that I, that I remember specifically. Like I said, the Boba Fett chicken, yeah, lots and lots of various things, but uh, most mostly comic book or comic book adjacent stuff, which yeah. would make sense. And I think that's the thing. There's so much broader appeal to NYC. See. Sure, I mean, you got video game stuff there, movie stuff, comic books. And, you know, people complain, maybe more so about San Diego, but I think almost as much about New York. There's no comic book stuff there, it's all movies and comic book movies, but no comic books. I don't know what they're talking about, because maybe they're not looking for it, but there's Artist Alley, and there's huge things of just long boxes of comics you can buy, and comic book-specific panels. Are they the big draws? No. Yeah. But they're all there, and if you look for them and want to go to them, you could do nothing but that the entire weekend, or extended weekend. The, yeah, there was one person that had long boxes. They had a very small... At PAX. At PAX. A very small webcomic Artist Alley. Well, that, that really makes it. sense. But, yeah. I mean, I do know the convention has grown much beyond... Anything to do with that, like Penny yeah. Arcade. Like, if you ask the average person who was there, they probably wouldn't be able to tell you yeah. what... As opposed to me, who's someone know, who's read the is. entire backlog of Penny Arcade, and et cetera, et cetera, yeah. And I, I even heard they had kind of removed a lot of the Penny Arcade branding from the con this year, and kind of let it be its own thing. And there was a lot less, was it Tycho and... Gabe and Tycho. Gabe and Tycho imagery, because it, they, they even recognize, you know... You know, they didn't even have the keynote panel this year, right? Wasn't that given to Rooster Teeth? I don't know. Because like I said, I listened to the Rooster Teeth podcast and yeah. I believe that's what they said that this year we had the keynote panel instead. Okay, they in were my mind about in my mind, the keynote is the draw comic, because that's the only one that people really care about. So maybe the actual what is designated the keynote might have been Rooster Teeth, but the one that people still care about the most is the draw a comic panel. Okay. 
That and so in my mind, that's a no. But it could well, by that, definition, even though you didn't go to panels, what kind of panels did they have? I mean, what what is a PAX panel? So aside from Rooster Teeth or, or it's Draw yeah, like I said, it's there's very little like future thing coming out because like I said, that's mostly on the floor. A lot more theory based things. A lot of you know the economics of gaming or something women that, in video games or yeah one thing that came out not this year but I think it came from Prime a couple of years ago something called uh, of Dyson Men which is uh, a whole play that's kind of taken steam about kind of like gamers, an, a theatrical play a theatrical okay. play about gamers as they get older okay uh, specifically and sadder, <laughs> and sadder. no yeah I, and that's kind of the point is it starts off with because I've seen clips of it. It starts off with a guy packing and just putting all his D&D books in a pile to throw away. You know, so it's kind of that reconciling the growing up with having your enjoyment and your passion. So the end of Toy Story 3? Yes. <laughs> he gives all the D&D books to a small girl. And she doesn't know what they are and she draws on them. Exactly. So it was a lot more theory, like... Even, like, the League of Legends panels were, like, Future of League of Legends or, you know, stuff like that. So they were very intelligent panels. That's cool. Yeah, which which is very different than I feel like a lot of them, which, and not putting down, like, you're going to see these clips from Avengers, stuff like that. That's still really awesome, which is very different. So. Right. And, I mean, there were those types of panels at Comic-Con, to my, to my memory at least. I don't remember going to any... I did go to, before the Lock and Key panel, there was a, a panel about, like, East, East meets West in video games, because there was some Japanese okay. RPG that was being brought over, and they were talking about the translation, and it was, like, design theory between the two, and I sat through it because I wanted, and I got a prime seat for the Lock and Key yeah. panel, I was in the front row, and it was fantastic. That panel was interesting. I didn't care about the RPG elements of it, like, or I mean, I, I like RPGs, but the JRPG discussion wasn't... I didn't get as much out of it as if I, I would if I played those games, but it was interesting to hear the designers, um, I believe it was a Japanese uh, designer was there, as well as a French-Canadian designer who works on a lot of those yeah. games, like talking about... I, mean, I think he worked on Deus Ex, maybe. Okay. And talking about... The new one, right? I believe so, okay. yes. And talking about those design elements and what comes first. Like, what do you design first in a JRPG versus a uh, Western RPG, or uh, how characters talk, or characterization, and yeah. those things. And, and it was interesting, even from an outsider's perspective. So there were those types of things there. It wasn't really, for my schedule, what I was there for. Yeah. Although I would be interested in seeing that kind of thing if it didn't conflict with something else. You yeah. know, better representation for women in comics, or in, in, in nerd culture in general, or um, the LGBT community, like, all those different things would be really interesting to me, but as interesting as they are, a Spider-Man panel is going to come first for me. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, I'm a huge Spider-Man which, fan. Which I don't think they could have done that Spider-Man kind of stuff on the show floor. At PAX? No, at Comic-Con. Like, they might have had a Spider-Man-related thing, but, it like, I'm just, just pointing out the differences between Comic-Con and PAX, where... Packs, you can have your main thing front and center on the floor, which is where people are going to experience it. Well, this was a panel, not on the floor. Uh, yeah, exactly. But even still, like, they didn't have a lot of panels. Like, they didn't have the... And Comic-Con, there was 20 panels going at a time. Exactly, you know? yeah. Um, I even got to go to the Mark Hamill panel, which was kind of fun, where yeah. he was there and doing, you know, his, his Joker oh, voice and talking about Star Wars. Speaking and... of which, 
I'm going to have to nerd rage out after this about what they're doing with the expanded universe. <laughs> okay. Do you want to do that in this episode? Can we do that in this episode? Sure, why not? Where I get really mad that For every, no every book that I have ever read is now no more than fanfic. It's all fiction. Yes, I get it's all fiction. I get that. You were never told it was going to be anything more. It was understood that all of those books... Were canon until they were contradicted by movies or television shows, which is now what's going to happen. Which is now exactly what's going to happen. And has always happened, just now in a, to, in, to some extent, more than that. We don't know how much it's going to defer or be different. You're right. We don't, we don't know that. Uh, let, let's let's give a little background. They finally announced the main cast for Star Wars Episode yes. Seven, which uh, to me looks fantastic. You got a number of unknowns, but you've also yep. got a number of smaller, like indie actors with good bodies of work. And I, I think that's exactly the way you want to go. You want to cast it more like the original Star Wars. Uh, and and you know, to be honest, they actually did that to a pretty good extent with even the prequels. But you know, smaller names because um, there were some bigger names in, in definitely in the. In the, uh, in the prequels, I'd say yeah. Max von Sydow is probably the biggest name in in Episode Seven, with maybe Oscar Isaac's being second. I'm not Again, sure. You know, I don't know names, but but you know, he, he's the guy who plays Llewellyn Davis and in Inside Llewellyn da- Davis, the folk mu- mu- folk music movie that came out like six months ago. No, I don't know. With John Goodman was in it. Okay, I know who that is. <laughs> good for me. I know you like John Goodman, so yeah. I thought I'd, I'd bring that up as a thing. But I do like that. That's the direction they're going while bringing the uh, the big uh, you know original cast back there so there's some there's so, it, like if they altered some things i i get it oh, like, like it'd be interesting if or it'd be nice if they would have altered it and added more uh, persons of color or women to the cast well <laughs> i was just thinking about the fact that bring chewie back from the dead but you know whatever like well i mean this could happen before that if that even does happen you know well n- no because this takes place 35 years after Okay, so even if you had to so adjust the timeline. But, like I said, I don't care. Like, all those books still exist? All those books are still as good or as bad as they were when they were released. You know? And it's not a reflection of that, but it's one of those things of, like, all that came out, and it's good stuff, there's good quality to it. There's a lot of it that's good, there's a lot of it that's not. But there's, yeah. But I think everything with the Vong, a lot of the, you know, New Jedi Order stuff, really good stuff. But now, if they ever come out with stuff in the you know past the movies, book wise, is it does it have to build on that new stuff? Like, does it completely ignore that stuff? What part of that stuff is referenced? None of it. Do we just completely ignore all of that? Like, you know, if they write a book further in the future, do we ignore the Vong? Do we ignore and only go by what we're given in seven, eight, and nine? Like, what it does is it kind of creates this. Confusion, and it's all fiction, I get that, but, you know, if you really enjoy a world that's created, you, you know, read the books about it, you read the backstory, you read, you know, all that goes on, you kind of know timelines, stuff like that, I'm, I'm what's called a fluff bunny, I like the fluff in the games that I play and whatnot, this just kind of throws all that for whack, and all that stuff that you really liked doesn't actually fit in the storyline. So you can pretty much just forget all of it. It still fits in that book storyline that lasted for 30 years. And in 20 years, you'll be the guy who knows all about the Vong. When that the, never kids, happened. That See, still did happen in the books that kids won't know about. And you'll be able to explain to them that, oh, in the, in the other timeline, there was all this kind of stuff that happened. And this is where things were different. And I think it's richer for having two timelines because you can now compare and contrast versus just trying to fit in 
around 30 years of continuity. Now you get two versions. You got one version that you liked a lot. Now you have another version. Maybe it'll be just as good. Maybe it'll be better. Maybe it'll be worse. Who knows? Well, I mean, if it's anything like the new ver- new timeline that Abrams created with Star Trek, I don't know if I will. So we'll see how that goes. But this isn't a new timeline. This is... This is a rewriting of... Yeah. No, this is a continuation of the movie timeline that is separate from a book continuation of the movie timeline. <laughs> you know. Yeah. There was really no way around this. People... People hemmed and hawed, and you know there was some hope that book stuff would be integrated, and maybe it still will be. We have no idea. Maybe just told in a different way. But they only made the books because there weren't going to be any more movies. And now that there are going to be more movies, it would be so much work and such a pain, and you'd be sitting there going, oh, they changed this line, and now I'm mad. Or they See, changed this. To just wipe the slate clean and start from where they I left off in the first place. I would be more okay with that. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. I guarantee you I would. Because I think about... Well, no, you think you would. Because we have no. no idea yet because they haven't come out yet. And again, we don't know how different they'll be from the books. When I think about it like the Marvel stuff, I respect... I Even though they change things around, granted, it's, it's a different universe. But I would be much more okay if they... If, say, they did the Vong, they changed some things so, like... Chewie didn't die, I wouldn't mind that, because I get they purposely killed him in the books, so you don't have someone going, constantly, and someone have to translate for him. Like, I get why they did that. I'm okay with that, because time being wibbly-wobbly, it balances itself out, as opposed to the complete obliteration of the timeline, and, you know, integrating a completely new one. Does that make sense? No, not really. Okay. I, I understand why you think it does. I understand why you're not alone in it. I just still think it's dumb. Okay. I love the expanded universe. And yeah. it's now a great secondary thing that I have. I will now have two things and not just one, is what I'm excited about. Okay. You know, it's... Let me put it this way. Would you rather have the books you have now and no more books? No more books. And no more movies. Okay. Or would you rather have no more books and new movies? Why are you saying no more books? Because there are still books being written. Yes, yes. So, it's more... Okay, let, let me put it this way. Would you rather have no more movies and just continue the books until whenever? Or re- would you rather have none of the books ever and new movies? The books. Why? One, because I read more than I watch movies. Okay. I rarely watch movies unless I'm with other people. I get downtime at work, what I'm doing is reading. You know, so that is what I do more than, than movies. So that's going to be my preference already. Also, because you're going to get more books than you are going to get movies, you know, you can pump out... Actually, maybe not anymore. Really? With them doing, like, the side movies and stuff, it's... it's, it's With the way that, Marvel's doing it's that It's likely there will be comparable numbers. Because they only release, like, one book or so a year of the main things anyway, maybe every nine months or well, something. Well, what what a lot of the series were doing were ha- was having different writers, and so they were yes, able to come out more. But still, it was like every nine to twelve months, wasn't it? At least when I was reading them, like which I kind of stopped. I can't remember. Legacy of the Force, I guess. Um, I can't remember, yeah. I feel like it was every nine, twelve months. And now you'll get a new movie every year and a half. So it's not going to be that much different, honestly. It's fair. Uh... But, yeah. but but I, I do like I like the comparison you made to the Marvel movies and the Marvel comics, where you do have those alternate uni- universes, and I lo- that's I think maybe the, I think you encapsulated my own thought better than I could have, which is 
I love that. I love that they're different, and I get two things. That's, that's, and I get to have two versions of these I, characters. I totally Sometimes get more that. than two, you know. And, and, you know, like, I was totally fine with, you know, I started reading, you know, Miles Morales' Spider-Man. Like, I enjoyed that. But I also, there was an establishment that there are multiple universes. There was that from, I'm not going to say from the get-go, but that's a known thing within Marvel. There's a lot of universes. Things are going to overlap sometimes, things are not. You know, things are going to be represented, you know, characters are going to be here, but in a different way. You know, Gwen's going to be alive as opposed to dead. You know, things are going to, you know, be back and forth, but you know it's different timelines. This is, there's just been one. Uh, no, that's not true. They've already uh, wiped the slate clean, not necessarily wiped the slate clean, but they've already done purge. that kind of purge. Purge is probably a pretty good word for it. The books at least once, if not twice, over the last 30 years. When? Um, in There was one around the time that either... I, I want to say Return of the Jedi came out, because there's already a bunch of comics and stuff there. I'm about to say, because you have that, all the comics, That just the became games. just not canon. Unless, like, occasionally a writer would reference something back to it, but in general, just... Like, the Jackrabbit, like, what was that character's name? I don't know that. From the comics, or stuff like that, where it just became not canon at all. And then again, in, I think, 1994, was where they went, okay, the books are all over the place, they don't agree with each other, we're restarting, and continuity goes from now. These six books are still continuity. These other ones... That's why there's, like, seven levels of... Con- previous to the new movies. There was already, like, like A canon, B canon, C canon, D canon, E canon, F canon. Already. Because this is not the first time this has happened. This is the biggest time, maybe, potentially. We don't know yet. But it's not the first time. Okay. So, <laughs> I think it was 1994. Because, like, a lot of that, like... Like, Splinter of the Mind's Eye is, I think, one of the most well-loved books from back in the day, and I don't think that's canon, and I don't think it has been for about 20 years. Okay. You know, <laughs> so... Fair enough. <laughs> my, my, thought are, my thoughts are, those books still exist, many of them are good, many of them aren't, and the ones that are good will still remain good, and still be good reads, whether they're quote-unquote canon or not. And now I get them and new Star Wars movies not directed by George Lucas <laughs> or written by him. I'm thrilled. That's that's fair. I'm just... And before this even happened, I was just wary of Abrams and what he did with Star Trek. But he didn't write either of these. He directed them. He, that's all he did? Yeah. Okay. I think he was also an executive producer, but it was Orti and Kurtzman wrote the first two Star uh, Trek movies, or the, the two new the ones. The new ones. And... This new movie, actually, he may have ha- may have a writing credit in this one, but it's also the guy who wrote. There was one script by the guy who wrote Toy Story three, and then they brought so there's in. There's going to be a scene where everyone almost dies and gets saved <laughs> by a crane. And then they brought in Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan, I believe, who wrote Empire to finalize the script. Okay. But you know, even even from a writer like that, like Abrams, I like about half the things Abrams has written, and about the other half, I'm like, yeah, it's fine, you know, but. Every writer has, you know... George Lucas has written good things and really bad things, you know. That's very so. true. That's as very long true. as... I, I'd say the exceptions are if there's an author who everything they've put out, I go, this is terrible. I'm not going to be excited if they're on something, but if they're 50-50, it's like Fraction, like Matt Fraction in the comics. Yeah, that's true. Matt Fraction, I will give him the benefit of the doubt for at least a few issues, because when he hits, he hits. Or like Bendis. Yeah, he's back and forth. Yeah, so... So do we have anything else to say about cons or Star Wars? I don't know how I'm going to describe this one in the, in the description I'm now. I'm about to say that. Yeah, that veered it. off. 
Um, cons and Star Wars. Cons and the cons of multi-universe theory. Um, yeah, that's all I got. All right. Well, that's it for this eclectic episode. <laughs> I'm Jordan from Jersey. I'm Pierce from Jersey. This has been Jersey Shore. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at Jordan at LegionofDudes.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N. Or you can leave us a voicemail, 972-798-3830. And just let us know that you're leaving it for Jersey Shore. You can follow me on Twitter at Jordan, F-R-M, Jersey. And iTunes ratings and reviews are always appreciated. And if you enjoy the show, don't forget to check out HHWLOD.com for lots of great content just like it. Mm-hmm.